Hello. Welcome to North Coast Calvary Chapel's audio podcast. So here we are, Acts chapter 8, in our series, Be the Church. I want to read to you from Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. If you remember from Nick's message, Stephen was the first martyr of the early church. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered, get this, this is my favorite part. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Now, let me pause right here. You can see what Luke's doing. Luke gives us a big picture of what's happening to the church, right? They're persecuted, they're scattered, and they don't go hide. They don't go bury their treasure and hide their light. They start going out in the midst of persecution. They start boldly and joyfully talking about Jesus to people wherever they go. Now, Luke wants to give us a really specific look at what that might've looked like. And he does that through Philip. So here we go. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. I just, it's hard not to just love this passage. On the one hand, I don't know about you and how you hear it, but it fills me with excitement, right? And inspire, and it's inspiring to see when the church is under pressure, it's a moment for the church to flourish. And this is our inherited DNA as followers of Jesus, because the spirit that was in the early church that was in Philip on that day that he preached to the Samaritan village is in you and is in me. It's in our children. He's in our entire community. And that spirit is in us today so that under pressure, we don't have to fold and be discouraged and be defeated. We can rise and be strengthened and flourish. And that kind of flourishing brings wonder and curiosity to the world around us. The other reaction can be kind of like fear, right? Because as soon as you read this, you're inspired, but you're thinking, am I supposed to do that? And is Ryan about to preach a sermon about how I need to go do that this week? Because what Philip does here feels so far away for many of us from where we are at right now. The gap between Philip and our life feels like as far as the Grand Canyon, from one side of the Grand Canyon to the other side of the rim. And so before I even start, I want to tell you how I'm going to approach this. I want to approach it from the perspective that allowed Philip to do this, that allowed the early church to launch out in this way, because these were ordinary people. The scriptures are going out of their way to show us these were not extraordinary people, but ordinary people, just like you and me. And Philip is launching out with a perspective and a vision that God wants to restore to our perspective in our life. Philip didn't have necessarily any special training. He didn't necessarily have any special gifting that we as a church community don't have. And so I want to give you a picture of what it might feel like for some of us. It might feel like watching a video of that surfer riding 
the largest wave ever recorded at Nazare, Portugal. It's like 95, 100 feet, whatever. After 80, it's why, why count, right? It's this huge wave. And then imagine me coming on the video after that saying, now it's your turn. It's your turn to go out and do this. I want to see you this week riding 100 foot waves. You'd just be overwhelmed, right? It would be totally impossible. It'd be like someone asking you to jump across the Grand Canyon in one single leap. And that's not what this message is about. This message is about the perspective and the vision and the power that was in the the lives of those early believers that allowed them to do what they did just like you have today. And so here we go. I want to focus on how. Here's the message. When we live with clarity and commitment to our life purpose, we find ourselves anchored and grounded in something that doesn't change even when our life circumstances do. A lot changed for these early believers. They were worshiping, gathering, meeting together in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden they had to leave everything behind and they couldn't even meet physically together any longer. And I think that's a context that a lot of us can relate to right now. But what we see here is a really encouraging word. It's good news that even when we're scattered right now, we can't meet the way we're used to. Even when things are really different, we can thrive and we can flourish And that power to flourish is within each one of you right now. And so the Holy Spirit in this message wants to tap into that power and unleash it from you this week. So this is the important perspective that we see that there's something in us ready to enable us to live this kind of life. Now, what is this purpose that they're living according? By living according to a purpose that doesn't change, it anchors and grounds us in circumstances that we, that feel uneven and unpredictable. When we cling to our purpose, it steadies us and carries us through turbulent times. So what is that purpose? Number one, it's a threefold purpose. It's not just one simple thing. It's three things united into one. Our purpose is to be committed and connected to God above all. Secondly, to be committed and connected to one another in community. And then thirdly, to be committed to a shared and common cause together. I want to unpack that with you. Let's start with God, right? The, re- the commitment to our relationship with God, to know him in a firsthand encounter-based experiential relationship. I want to say that again. The early believers, they lived in a deep relationship with God that was encounter-based. It was experiential and it was personal and intimate. And that's the kind of relationship that Jesus wants to have with you right now in these times. And he wants to draw you deeper into his presence. He wants to reveal himself to you. And that kind of relationship is mediated through the Holy Spirit. And we see that all throughout. So if we were to rewind Acts, we would see all these moments where the Holy Spirit is showing up. And we see that even here in Acts chapter eight. In verse 26, it says, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road. Where? Philip doesn't know. Philip doesn't know where the angel is directing him, but he just goes because the angel is leading him. The presence of God is directing him. And he goes even when he doesn't know where he's going. And we need that kind of trust, that kind of anchor in our heart. We don't know what's going to happen next month or in three months, but we are going where the Lord directs us to go. And that steadies our life. The Holy Spirit is also in verse 29. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. This is when he witnesses to that Ethiopian eunuch. He just goes up to this 
chariot, right? He doesn't, the spirit doesn't tell him what to say. He doesn't tell him what he's going to find when he gets there. But when Philip gets there, he sees the Ethiopian is reading the book of Isaiah or the scroll of Isaiah. And they get into this spiritual conversation. And that conversation results in the Ethiopian unit coming to faith in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit was speaking to them. They didn't just have the sacred scriptures and then go out and do the best they could. They had the spirit, the presence of God guiding them along the way. And God wants to do that with you. And thirdly, in verse 39, when they came up out of the water, that's after he baptized the eunuch, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And so you can see how the spirit is leading Philip all the way. And that's because our purpose is to be in that kind of intimate, experiential relationship with God. And so this boldness that Philip has is not his own strength. It's not something he mustered up or was unique to some gifting he had per se. It was something that he had because of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter four, all the believers together prayed for boldness. And the Holy Spirit answered those prayers and enabled them to do what they did. When was the last time you just paused and spent time acknowledging where your needs are to the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I need peace. Holy Spirit, I need boldness. And maybe even involve some other believers to pray with you for what you need in this time. Secondly, they were devoted to each other. They were committed to community. And even though it didn't look the same way, they, you'll see in this passage, they worked with each other in ways that they could, they could do. So in verse 14 of chapter eight, it says, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. So Peter and John show up and they come alongside Philip and together they finish and continue, they continue and finish the work that the Holy Spirit is doing there. So yeah, it's not the whole church of Jerusalem. He's not, it's not like this big 50 person delegation that goes down to hang out with Philip. It's just the three of them. And because Philip was remaining connected to his purpose, with other believers, it allowed them to find a strength that they couldn't have had on their own. So in this time, what does that look like for you? Lately, I've just been going for walks. At the end of the day, after my work day, I'll call up a friend to say, hey, let's go for a walk together. On the weekend, I've been trying to go for walks with friends, talking and praying over each other, listening to each other. Walking outside is safe. We don't necessarily have to gather indoors in an enclosed place to gather with other believers. Sometimes it's just gathering with a couple people. We had a couple of friends over to our backyard recently, and it was so refreshing. It was so encouraging and it put a fresh wind in my sail. How are you doing that? What could that look like for you? To gather with some others, to talk about what God's doing in your life and to pray together and to pray over each other in the name of Jesus. And lastly, it was a shared commitment to a common cause. So their purpose and our purpose as followers of Jesus is to be in relationship with God and to be in a committed relationship with other believers. We can't do it alone. And number three, to be in a committed cause with other believers. What is your cause right now in this time? Is it to have a job? Is it to find a new job? Is it to just not get sick? Is it to argue a political perspective on Facebook? Is it to just try to keep the pounds off in this time when you can't go to the weight room? I mean, what is your 
big cause right now. And I want to remind you that our common cause as, as followers of Jesus doesn't change no matter what the circumstances are, whether we lose our job, whether we can't be with the people we're used to being with or in the way we're used to being with them. It doesn't matter if you're in high school right now, if you're in junior high or if you're 60, we all have a common cause that we're a part of. And when you're connected and clear about that cause and you're in it with Jesus, it stabilizes and anchors us in turbulent times. So what is it? It's the idea that God has given us his gospel and he's entrusted his love to us to reveal to others. So what happens when the believers are persecuted, they don't go out and hide. They don't go out and just focus on how to protect themselves. They start looking for ways to share Jesus with people who are willing to listen. This is not about forcing it on people. This is not about being all, you know, super awkward and socially weird. This is about opening spiritual conversation with people and looking for who's open to talk more. I remember I used to go on campus, right? When I was working with college students and I loved just walking around and I would just find students who are sitting down and I would just ask them, Hey, I'm walking around just talking to people about God. Do you have a few minutes and want to talk? I'd love to ask you some questions. Some people said, no, I'm busy. And I just moved on. But there were always people, always at least one person who was interested and curious. Think about your neighborhood right now. What if you thought about walking around your neighborhood and just praying over your neighborhood with your spouse, with your brother, your sister, or with some friends? I mean, I know it's crazy. What if you're, if you're in high school, you're in college, what if you got out with a buddy and just say, well, can we walk around each other's neighborhoods and just start praying over people that live around us or praying for our friends and, and look for who God brings to mind. And if God brings someone to mind, maybe just pray over that person together with your friend. And then maybe you might go up to them and say, Hey, I don't know if we've ever talked about our spiritual backgrounds. I would love to hear like, what was your spiritual background growing up? What was religion like in your home? I know it's crazy controversial times, but if you're gentle and if you're humble, it's going to make people feel safe and open to want to talk to you. And so I want to encourage you to open your heart to the way that God is moving around us in our relationship with God community, but also in a common cause, because as we link ourselves and have clarity about our purpose, that does not change in these changing times, we're going to find a stability and a clarity of life. That's going to give us peace. It's going to keep us focused on what God's doing and off ourselves. My son recently was telling me how in this COVID season, he's been experiencing intimacy with God that he didn't expect. I know that's not true for all of us, but for him, it's been an eye-opening time. He's been spending more time walking alone throughout the neighborhood, sitting alone in the backyard and praying. It's been harder to be with friends. So it's given him more time to pray. But through Mark Freestat's discipleship curriculum he's doing for junior hires, he's linked up with a buddy. And they've been having spiritual conversation together in a way that's been really, really unique for him. It's opened a door for him to talk about Jesus with his friend in a way he's never really experienced before. And he's learning that in building friendship, it doesn't have to be awkward to talk about God, to talk about Jesus, even with people who are not believers. And I want to encourage you, if you're feeling the shifting sand beneath you and you're looking for a solid foundation, refocus your thoughts, your vision on with clarity on your purpose in Christ to be united with him, to be connected with other believers 
and jumping headlong into his cause to reach others with his love. Here's the amazing thing. When we look at Philip, when we look at the early believers, they weren't doing what they did out of the strength of their willpower. Some amazing set of gifts that we have no, we have no access to anymore. What they did was out of the overflow. It was overflowing from their intimacy with God and their deep connectedness to community where they found encouragement through prayer, through watching each other take risks together, through each other's example and the anointing and the gifts in each individual. Out of the overflow of the relationship with God and each other, they were able to shake the world. They weren't out there with any special advertising gimmicks. They weren't necessarily all the most charismatic people. They didn't have every question about their faith or about the Torah answered, but because they were in a deepening relationship with Jesus, because they were filled with the spirit and they were in relationship to other believers, the overflow of that was a supernatural life amidst an extraordinarily turbulent and difficult time. Do you hunger for that kind of strength and stability and clarity of purpose? Then I just want to encourage you right now just to join me in prayer. I just want to pray with us for a moment. So wherever you're sitting, standing, just close your eyes and just maybe put your hands out. Let's pray together. Jesus, you want to lead us into your quality of life. It is a life that overflows. It is an overflowing life. It's not a life that depends on our half empty cup. It is a life that draws on the limitless boundaries of the ocean of your power and grace. And we have access to that ocean to draw from it everything we need for our life right now. Open our eyes, Lord, to where you need us to reestablish community and Christian fellowship in our life in some way over the phone, Zoom, or a walk with a friend. Open our eyes where, God, you're drawing us into deeper places of prayer and closeness to you. And Lord, I want to pray that you start to bring ideas to mind for us. Now, if we pray this, I want to ask that you would just pause for a minute. If you're willing to pray this with me, would you just allow yourself to, to receive something from God right now? Because if God gives you an idea, God is going to hold you accountable to that idea. So you ready? I'm going to pray a prayer to receive God's vision for people that he may want to reach through you. All right, what's this again? Close your eyes. Holy Spirit, there are people that are on your heart that you want to reach, that you have put in our life so that we uniquely could reveal the love and the truth of Jesus to them. And so spirit right now, bring people to mind for us, family, neighbors, maybe someone, God, who's been annoying us, but God, there's somebody that you've assigned to us to love in your name, to pray for, to talk with. God, some of us are going to be called to walk through our neighborhood and pray over our community and 
Some of us are going to be called to engage with a friend that we've never really had a deep spiritual conversation with. Someone on our lacrosse team, our soccer team, someone who is ready to open their heart to you. Would you bring them to mind right now? And I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening this week. If you're looking for ways to serve, give, or get connected, please visit our website, northcoastcalvary.org.